Welcome to the Rock Church Audio Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us today. Rock Church is located on Harrison Avenue between Mulford and Perryville Roads in Rockford, Illinois. Now let's join Pastor Jared with today's message. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. We're going to look there. Let's just pray and uh, give the remaining time that we have to the Lord. Father, we uh, thank you for your word. We thank you for this time that we have together. And Lord, I just pray now that your word would speak. I pray, Lord, that you would give us understanding in regards to what it has to share with us. Lord, I pray that you would guard us, Lord, against distractions. And may we be able to receive, Lord, and be strengthened by the ministry of your word now. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So along with uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, we'll be going to Jonah 3 in just a minute. But let me just share with you the words of Paul to young Timothy. He says, Therefore I exhort, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And if you were not here last week, I encourage you to uh, listen to uh, that sermon because I'm building off of that today. But we looked at uh, two attributes of God that encourage us to pray. They remind us why prayer is one of those first of all kind of things in our lives. And uh, the attribute of God that we looked at uh, last week was the sovereignty of God. Now, I'm not going to be able to give it all to you again this morning But I want to just simply remind you today that as we talk about the sovereignty of God, we are talking about how God is supreme in His reign over the universe. He has supreme power. He has supreme authority. He has used that to redemptively execute a plan so that man can be free from the bondage of sin and be in relationship with him. And then as we walk and we, as disciples and we follow Christ, there is a stewardship that he has given us in the time that we have between now and his return. And that stewardship is we are to do the things that he does. And the sovereignty of God reminds us that when we pray, we pray to the one who has all authority, all power. We pray to one whose heart is to see redemptions work in us so that we can be empowered to carry on the work that he began until he returns. So that encourages us. It reminds us of the power of prayer. It's not rooted in what we do necessarily, but it is rooted in who God is, and that's where it begins. So this morning we're going to look at a second attribute of God that um, encourages us and reminds us of why there is power in prayer, and that attribute is this. It's called the immutability of God. I know I'm throwing out $20 words again this morning, a word maybe you've never heard of before. But this word immutability just simply reminds us that God is a God who does not change. Okay? We see this uh, revealed to us throughout the Scripture. Malachi 3.6 says, I am the Lord, I do not change. And as we talk about the unchanging character of the Lord, we have to consider its context. 
So in that verse in Malachi, as the Lord is declaring Himself to be a God who does not change, He is doing it within the context of affirming His faithfulness and affirming the fact that He is a a covenant-keeping, promise-keeping God. And we're reminded of this not only in relation to the conversation that's going on there in that chapter, but in the very next verse, verse 7 The Lord reveals Himself in this way. He says, when you return to Me, I will return to you. So, immutability reminds us that God is a God who does not change, but the the part of Him that does not change is His character. It's His character. We see this in the New Testament. Our theology has to be backed up with both Old and New Testament. And in James 1.17, we see James reminding the church that every good and perfect gift is from above, and that it comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So we're reminded here that God is the source of all that is good, that God is both unchangeable, but that He is also, once again, a promise-keeping God. So what does the immutability of God remind us? It reminds us of this. In relation to God's promise and God's character and His attributes, He does not change. I want you to think about it this way. God never wakes up on the wrong side of the bed. (laughs) All right? I mean, we've used that before, haven't we? Okay, maybe you you have a a verbal exchange or nonverbal communication that's kind of sending the wrong signal and 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 the person that's on the receiving end of that says, "Well, did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed this morning?" It just means kind of like I woke up in a bad mood. Okay, God is not like us in that way. He's unchanging in relation to his character, his attributes, and his promises. In other words, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever in regards to those things. And what does that remind us? It reminds us of this, that he always operates from a position that affirms who he is. So some of these unchanging things about God that we need to know about are this. He is always operating from a position of sufficiency. Sufficiency. He always has what he needs to do what he needs to do. He is never lacking in any way, whether it be in the unfolding of the redemptive plan he has for mankind or in what he needs to accomplish his work in you. He is never lacking. He's unchanging in the sense that he is always powerful. He is always understanding and full of wisdom. He is always faithful and good. He is always just. He is always merciful. He is always compassionate. He is always filled with grace and love and holiness. These are things about God that do not change. They do not change, but they remain the same. He is immutable, unchanging in relation to His character. So what that should do is that should put your feet on a very firm foundation because no matter what your condition is, God always looks at you the same. Okay. He is always going to receive you the same way. He is always going to operate from a place 
where he is going to be sufficient in your life, powerful in your life, understanding and wise in your life, faithful to you. Because he is always and forever perfect and unchanging. Here's what A.W. Tozer said. I like this quote. He is immutable, which means that he has never changed and can never change in any smallest measure. To change, he would need to go from better to worse or from worse to better. He cannot do either. For being perfect, he cannot become more perfect. And if he were to become less perfect, he would be less than God. So the power of prayer is that it brings us into the presence of an unchanging God. But there is a a challenge that this attribute of God has created in some. I've actually heard people ask me this question. If God never changes, then why pray? In in other words, there's kind of this connotation. If, If God doesn't change, then circumstances can't change too, so why pray? And then I want to I dive into this a little bit today because I, I want there to be a hope and a faith rising up within us. Because God's unchanging character does not translate into unchanging circumstances. He is unchanging, but He can change us and the circumstances around us. Here are some examples from Scripture. Exodus chapter 32. There's just been this mighty exodus. The nation is at the base of Mount Sinai. Moses goes up to the top to receive the Ten Commandments from God. He's gone too long. The people become concerned. You know, they they melt all their gold. You know the story. They make an idol. They begin to worship it. And this angers God. And uh, the Lord actually says to Moses, you know what, I want to wipe them all out and start over with you. But Moses intercedes for the people. And the Lord does not destroy them, and ultimately the people repent. So we see here an example in Scripture where one thing could have occurred, but something different occurred, and it occurred because Moses interceded on behalf of the people. It's not unlike that story in regards to Sodom and Gomorrah where where they're about to be destroyed, and Abraham is just saying, Lord, if there's 50 righteous, if there's 40 righteous, it goes all the way down to 10. We see this thing where, where God hears His people. We see another example of this in the life of King Hezekiah, Second Kings chapter 20 and 21, Isaiah 38. His life is extended. He was sick and near unto death. He prays and he weeps before the Lord. God hears his prayer and his life is extended 15 years. So it's another example of intercession and prayer that, that, that takes One circumstance that seemed certain and moves it to a place where something different happened. And these aren't the only two, there are others, but the response that I I hear from 
people and writing, as they try to interpret this, asks this question, can I change the mind of God? And that's a fair question, but sometimes I am concerned about the motive behind it. Because I believe sometimes the idea of whether or not we can change God's mind comes from a place of where we just want to convince God to do what I want Him to do. When that's not the pattern that we see in Scripture. We know God is unchanging. We know that we are called to pray for Him about the circumstances of life that present challenges. But God doesn't respond to our manipulation, but rather God responds to our heart. This is the the piece that, that, that we need to understand. In every circumstance in Scripture that I studied this week where there was a change of outcome, there were Consistent things taking place. There was persistent prayer. There was a change of heart that led to repentance. There was simple obedience. So why is it important for us to know who God is and why He does not change? The reason why it is important is because as we see Him for who He is, it should motivate our hearts to become more like Him. More like Him. Not just simply desiring an outcome that is favorable to us, but rather spending time in His presence and asking the Lord to shepherd our hearts to the degree where we are responding in simple obedience, repentance of hearts, and persistent and consistent prayer that says, Lord, make me more like You. You are filled with love. Help my heart to be filled with love. You are a God of grace. Help me to be a a person of grace. So the immutability of God and understanding who God is opens the door to a power in prayer that changes us. changes us. Because He alone can transform us into His image. And too often we ask God to to change everything around us, but we don't ask Him to change us. When whether it be Abraham or Moses or King Hezekiah or some other example within the Scripture where something changed radically, seemed to be going one way, but ended up going another way. It happened when hearts were aligned to the unchanging character of God. Now let me give you a cautionary tale from the Word. 
It's the story of Jonah. Jonah chapter 3 and 4 kind of conclude the story. Remember, there's a call to, to go be a prophet and to declare God's words to the people of Nineveh, and Jonah runs the other way, and there's a big fish involved, and all kinds of things that you look at, and you're like, I don't know how that all works, but you know what? God did it. So the long and the short of the story is Jonah preaches his message. The people of Nineveh respond. Jonah 3.10, it says, Then God saw their work, and they turned from all their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. So here again, we see the shifting of the heart that changes the response of God. I think that there's a, a, a nugget of truth there to hang on to. You know, the Ninevites were people that were far away from God. Maybe you got some folks that are far away from God in your life. You know, sometimes we, we pray for the symptom, we don't pray for the heart. Pray for their heart to be changed. And then after Jonah declares that uh, God relented and the people repented, what follows is a, an honest and a human response. In some ways, it misses the mark. And, and, and I know that uh, when, when we hear it, we may see some of ourselves in it. So in Jonah 4, 1 and 2, Jonah, it says this. The response of the Ninevites, it, it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh God! Was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish. For I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. This is an amazing statement to me. Here we have just seen a city revived by the work of God. And Jonah's response is, I knew that's what you were going to do, and that's why I ran the other way. <sighs> Don't we see ourselves in that just a little bit? You know, we, we come before God, and, and, and when we pray for change, and we pray for people, and we pray for our country, and and, and, and then some things begin to happen. We're like, well, we really don't, I don't really don't like that. Let me, let me hit just a little bit closer to home. I know some of you are praying for family and friends. How would you feel if they were sitting with you today in the pew? They know everything about you. They're going to come into your social circle. You know, are you going to be glad and thankful? Or are you going to go, ooh, that could get a little sticky? You know, we see our, ourselves in Jonah a little bit, don't we? In the sense that he knew that God was going to respond in such a way that 
His judgment would be removed from the people as they responded to Him. And it's, it's a clear window into Jonah's heart. He, he knew God's unchanging character. He had allowed himself to uh, develop convictions that were far away from God's heart. There's this dichotomy. God, I know who you are. I know how you're going to respond. But you know what? The desires of my heart, they don't quite line up with that. I mean, let's cut Jonah some slack here. He's a Jew. They're Arabs. Ooh. Got some racial elements there that still exist today. Love your enemy. Pray for your enemy. And Jonah said, you spit me out onto the beach, I had to go. Jonah was a part of God's covenant people. These were non-covenant Gentiles. There's a lot to overcome there. He wanted them to burn. God wanted them to repent. Jonah had a knowledge. He begrudgingly did the right thing, but his heart was distant from the heart of God. And I think that we are not that much unlike Jonah because when we come into the presence of God and we see Him for who He is, we have the same response Isaiah did. I'm undone. Lord, I've come a long way, but there are still steps in the journey that I need to take. And I need your help. I need your help. Jonah knew that God's character was unchanging and that repentance would change his mind and the present reality in Nineveh. So there's power to be found in prayer by understanding who God is. His immutability is a part of what makes him God. He's unchanging. Because of that, it's not a reason to avoid prayer like those who would say, what's the point? But rather, it is something that should compel us to pray. Because He can change anything when hearts turn to Him. He can change our hearts. He can change our families. He can change our nation. And prayer is the avenue that He invites us to be a part of that work. If my people who are called by my name pray. Jesus said, my sheep will know my voice. And they will do what I say. There's this great invitation that God has given to us as his people. That says, I am perfect and you are flawed. 
but I am inviting you through prayer to capture a vision of who I am so that you can be lifted up out of your deficit and into a place where your heart is being transformed to become more like mine. And when you do that, you become a light in a world that only knows brokenness. And the power of the gospel is this. It provides a way for us to be in relationship with God so that we can have new life and not be rooted in an old life that is bound and broken and defined by sin and corruption. Because of that, there's a power in prayer because every encounter with God should produce transformation in us. Change around us and change in us should be a common thread of our prayers. So set your mind to prayer. There is power in it. God is the supreme ruler of the universe who is merciful and compassionate. And the power of prayer is found in the one that we pray to and his ability to shepherd our hearts and to move us closer to him every time that we call on his name. So when you call on his name, you're calling on the name of the one who does not get up on the wrong side of the bed, whose character and attributes do not change. He remains consistent with no variation. And because of that, His name is the one that we call on. Would you stand with me as we close in a word of prayer? We've got a couple of minutes, and I'm going to ask Pastor Marty to come. And as he comes, I'm going to just give you a couple of questions just to kind of be pondering as we conclude. The first one is this. Simply ask the Lord, what are you saying to me? How do I need to become more like you? Let's make the response of our hearts. You know, this statement that would just simply say, you know, Lord, help me to see you for who you are. we just declare who you are right now and Lord I just kind of speak over every person that's here today these things that are unchanging about you and Lord I just pray we gain a vision Lord God of of who you are to a, a greater degree but Lord I thank you that you are sufficient Lord I thank you that that you have all power and all authority I thank you that you are understanding there is nothing hidden from you I thank you that you are wise and faithful and good. I thank you that you are just and merciful and compassionate. I thank you that you are filled with grace and love and that you are a holy God who calls us, Lord, 
to that place found in you where these things, Lord, begin to define us. So, Lord, I just pray right now that wherever that finds application, that you would, you would empower us, you would help us, you would shepherd us, and that you would move us, Lord God, into those things that are more deeply found within you. I pray, Lord God, that we would not be satisfied. We would be hungry, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that, that, that we would not despair or give up. But I pray, Lord, that you would fill us today, Lord God, to overflow with hope. And I pray, O oh God, that as we leave this place today, may we be encouraged. May we be built up. And may our light shine brightly, Lord. So, Father, as we go, we go in your grace and your peace. We pray that you would watch over us and keep us. And that you would return us here again very soon and safe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go in the grace and the peace of our God. Encourage one another on the way out today. It's been good to worship with you. I commend you for not uh, fearing the report of the weather prophets. But be safe on the road. We look forward to seeing you again soon. God bless. Thanks again for joining us on our podcast today. We hope this has been a blessing in your life. We would love to have you join us for a service in person. Our service times are on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. with discipleship groups meeting before the service at 9 o'clock. God bless you.